0: So, what's up guys, your man, NBA fan crazy, you're back on the pod with another video. And in the previous um, episode slash segment or whatever you want to call it, so I made my feelings about being a Heat fan because I've been one since uh, as of like um, 2016 when I started watching basketball. So, um, so I've been, so in that case, you might assume I'm relatively young. So, you say watching basketball five years ago, yeah, you you are probably right if you had that assumption if you are anyway watching this podcast so i'm 13 i've been I've been watching the nba for like 5 years and uh, this is the year like i didn't have league pass for long so the so since of last year i've been having league pass i've been watching in game and sometimes you might say I only watch box scores so I didn't know the impact of some guys. So this year League Pass, it's definitely helped me see more impact players even though I don't see the game. It's helped me understand the game of basketball aside from just being a Heat fan. It's helped me become an NBA fan. So if you want, just go for a more personalized basketball experience, just go click on NBA League Pass for a more personalized view of basketball to see games live from wherever you are on this planet Earth. And that's just my statement. If you are from a, if you, uh, that statement, you know, right? So I don't want to get into it. So, last time I made this episode, um, I talked about the Raptors-Celtics game. I thought the Raptors would pull it out as to the fact that they're feeling more confident about themselves. I thought Siakam would at least step up for how terrible he is. And we can't just owe this to Siakam, guys. Jalen Brown has been really good. He defended him really well the whole series. So, Celtics won Game 7. Yo, but that Grant Williams block... Was really sensational. He blocked, uh, and I don't know what Fred VanVleet was doing. I just seriously don't. Why would, why the hell would you take a 30-foot jumper, like, like closer? Take time to settle into a more easier shot. Why are you dribbling it out and just taking some contested shot? I didn't understand that at all. Like, what the hell were you think thinking, bro? Seriously. So I did not know what he was thinking. So. The Marcus Smartblock, I got really impressed. He is the best defensive guard in the league to me. Ben Simmons is a guard slash forward. But just pure guards, he's the best defensive guard in the league to me. And Denver and uh, the Denver Nuggets and Los Angeles Clippers. I thought Denver would pull it out. Uh, LA would pull it out in Game 5. I thought it would be close enough, but I thought the Clippers would pull away. But after that game, I just had a mindset change about why. And though I didn't post it in this podcast, I had a mentality change in my mind. I thought the Nuggets were going to win games 6 and 7. I thought the Clippers were going to choke and they did. This has to be one of the best choke, choke jobs in league history, man. Like, I heard everything about LeBron James. How everyone just loves to, like... Like smash him for all the games that he has even in spite of coming up big and in, and I've been pretty avid about not sometimes trashing on him but you gotta give him oh, credit man. Why is everyone only criticizing LeBron James? He doesn't get Kawhi Leonard as much as he's been the best player in the world world. He doesn't get held to the same standard LeBron James has. He Everyone only talks about his good moments. It's time that we criticize Kawhi. People, every time LeBron loses, I get sick of this. People say, oh, LeBron was terrible. Oh, you were ignoring his teammates were terrible. Well, I don't want to give excuses, but sometimes when his teammates have been terrible, and sometimes when he has been terrible, I see everyone putting all the blame on LeBron, rightfully. But when his teammates have been terrible, you just take it as another opportunity to blame him. I'm rightfully all for, like, blaming the right guys. Not blaming everyone else. And if this same treatment is given to LeBron, it should be given to Kawhi, it should be given to Giannis. Because none of them have... The scrutiny the, the LeBron experiences, and y'all say LeBron, the media wants, loves LeBron, love ESPN, yeah, I get all that. But he's held to a higher expectation. Tell me if anyone in league history other than Michael Jordan and other guys like, expected to go out and do this, or if you don't have this game, they're just trash. No. And I hate one thing, I hate the judging of the stat sheet. Yeah, I'll get into that later. I just hate ever judging games off of stat sheets. For all of y'all casual, casuals out there, only thinking points are a good grade of how you are. Well, I'll take an example. If that was the case, then Trae Young would be at the top of the list. Well, he takes. I. I know criticism towards Treyang. His defense is bad. He takes unnecessary shots, and he forces him a lot, and he takes. He takes ill advised threes at the early shot lock. That's just my opinion. And I like him, like him because he had to carry Atlanta's offense. That's not my point. I just think if that was the case, everyone's going crazy over Trey Young. Well, the true guys who are actually contrary. I'm not saying Trey Young isn't. I'm just saying that the stats mostly come when the team aren't close. I remember one game in Houston against the Rockets when he stayed on the floor literally and they're down like almost like 40 or something, if I'm right. I don't remember. My memory serves me incorrect at times. He stayed in the court. Why? I'm not asking you. You shouldn't. Obviously, a comeback is possible. But even when the game wasn't like close, he stayed till that point. I don't like that at all. Maybe I'm I'm just that way. So Denver won. So ter- uh, really good. So the, as a Heat fan, I'm I'm somewhat anxious for Game Four tomorrow. Like the zone worked for Game Two, but Game Three. See, this is why the uh, I just said I had d- doubts about whether this team could put could pull it out with Hayward back. He just gives this Boston Celtic te- Celtics team gives the Celtics team a calming presence, a playmaker. Who can set up his teammates when Kemba's not on? Because Kemba is more of a score first point guard. But he can pass. But he's it's his game flows well. But he's when he's scoring in the flow of the game. No, 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 no. That's more Jalen Brown s- f- scoring the flow of the game. Kemba is more of a score first guy. He can play make, but you wouldn't say he's the best at it. So, having a more natural guy willing to sacrifice shots to set up teammates And Gordon Hayward, his return is really useful. And and props to Hayward too. I heard this piece last time and and it, it should have been a very tough decision on Hayward for making this decision because he decided to stay in the bubble till the Celtics are to stay in the bubble because even though his wife... Is expecting their fourth child, a boy after the three girls. It should be hard because, as a father, you want to see your child being born. Uh, but it should have been a very hard decision. I no, I don't know. I don't know if I ever will have the guts to do that. That kind of decision. Props to him. And I don't know why everyone on social media. Please leave God and Hayward alone. He's already gro- going through a bad time desiring to be in the bubble when he could have been at home with his wife. That that took me a lot of guts. And please stay off of Gordon Hayward, man. Uh, otherwise, if you want to upload him, fine. But just don't keep pressuring him about it. He's already had... He's already anxious about that. He, you don't want to keep pressuring him. Even he's human. Stop. Please stop. It's pressure. You don't want to um put that on him. As a... Uh, As a father of three, he already knows what it is. So I don't want to talk about that. And Gordon Hayward, I hope, I, I wish all the best for you. You're a nice guy. So I hope the best for you. Coming back to Hoops. He did a very good job of um, getting to the right spots, elevating. And when they played five out, they had to drag Bam out of the paint, leaving the driving lanes open for Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum attacking. And Jalen Brown, he did a very good job of attacking. They figured out the zone. So the Heat might have to play man-to-man or switch so aggressive that when the ball comes to the right guy... I've heard this on... Hot Hot Hoops, the Heat website. They said that the uh, Heat should like force Hayward to be more of a scorer. And uh, as much as he is, he adds, he's more of a playmaker than a scorer. So obviously, he's more suited for that role. So um, I'll come back in this next segment with what I have to say. Because I have to do some stuff. I'll be back. Because uh, uh, I'll be back about this. Okay. Because hey, I I end this uh, end the segment at the point where I say Hayward's a more natural playmaker than scorer. So I do think the Heat should force force Hayward to be more of a scorer than a playmaker. They should, in fact, I advise put. They have to try for more stretches of the game. This this all wing four wings and one center lineup. It limits the offensive ceiling. I know, but talent wise. Their, their aggressive driving is what I'd need rather than just shooting and shooting and shooting. That's just my mindset. I don't know. Heat fans out them might have a different mindset. That's just mine. That's just mine. So in this at this point, I, at next time I will come back about Jalen Brown, Brown and Tatum and what the Heat should do. And I was impressed by the game to increase. Coming back from down 14 and 17. You were down 43 to 60. uh, 43-60 near the halftime point. You were down uh, 71 to 85 in the 4th. I was really impressed. But this is more about the Celtics. What can they do? Because they are more superior in terms of talent. So I end this point here. Tatum and Brown next segment. Book it up guys. I'll be back. So, what's up guys, you man, NBA Fan crazier. we are back on the podcast with another segment in this latest episode. In that last episode, I said Gordon Hayward as a playmaker, well, uh, I'm not gonna focus on that, instead I'm gonna go into game 4 and 5, so I'll be giving a different segment about Gordon Hayward, right now the series is 3-2, like... Uh, As a Heath fan that got me very upset but props to the Boston Celtics. Like, they came back into the second half with one thing that got me out of my heels but I'll accept it because it was a legit victory. And some people get upset about the refs but... Well, I'm not gonna bring the refs into this argument. This channel is solely basketball purposes. Maybe the refs do affect the outcome of the game, they affect the flow of the game, they affect the momentum, momentum of the game, but you gotta give you also gotta say that the Boss Celtics really got this one. So game four is at 7:30 um, Eastern on ESPN. That will be a good game. Advent Health Arena. So um let me get into this one. Game 5. So this one, if I'm right, the Heat started this one out really good. But you would say that they wouldn't take enough advantage of Boston making mistakes. Like, I heard, I went into Heat Twitter as I'm a Heat fan. And I was seeing some fans saying, well, the Heat didn't take enough advantage of the Celtics mistakes. They should be up by 20. They're only up by 8. So, in spite of them still being up, you say, ah, man, but they could have been up more. They didn't capitalize on Boston's mistakes enough. So, the first quarter got off to a good start as a Heat fan in my eyes. So the The heat started rolling. Duncan Robinson got settled. He also made some cuts to the rim, and his handles, if I'm right, are pretty de- like underrated. His ability, like pass the ball, like I, when I've seen him, some sometimes he just he can pass the ball pretty well. He doesn't do a lot for someone who only watches highlights, but for me, I watch the game. so I see him sometimes a a quick pass. And he, him, his dribble drive game, if it improves more, it could be of a, a very, uh, it could keep him for longer in the NBA because the ability to cut uh, for a shooter is really important because shooters, you know what they do? They cut to the rim because shooters play off the ball. They may be comfortable taking mid range, but it, since you have so much gravity as a shooter and they have to respect your space, this leaves the paint open. This forces you, forces the team have to stretch the floor. So, shooters drive into the paint to the teeth of the defense. But that's not all what shooters do. Sometimes they, they have to put the ball on the floor and then um, take a drip DHO. That's what I've seen from Duncan Robinson this season. His off-ball movement, his his bam and Robinson connection on the dribble handoff—it's been pretty impressive. Off-ball screens, cuts, bams, um, facilitating from the high post, his passing, and their just their offense. And it's been a joy for me to watch as a Heat fan. Like last season, you'd say, "Oh, the Heat didn't have enough shooting on their roster." Yeah, they were 21st, if I'm right, in shooting percent, three-point percentage. And their offensive efficiency was not that good. Their defense was good. This defense has taken a step back this season. I don't feel like people are talking a lot about it, but sometimes I feel a ride within this team and I'm frustrated with their defense. More on that later. He got off to a quick start. So, the Heat led by 26-18 in the end of the first. There came one guy. His name was Enos Kanter. He impacted the game so quickly. Like, he's not... You may may tell him with teams trying to attack him with ISOs, trying to drag him out of the perimeter, with putting... um, dragging the big men... Track putting out a stretch 5 so that he stretch him out because with him being, with him not like being one of the better defense, like people I think overrate how bad Candor is defensively. Like he's, like you wouldn't want him in the lineup if you are defensively but he's not bad, it's just that he, he feels uncomfortable when teams um, use their speed and switchability more. But in this match, I saw him in that 7 minutes, if I'm right, he got like 8 points. I don't remember. So, let me just check this one out. Because I do think Enos Kanter, for the minutes he got, they fed, fed it to him in the low post. They uh, got some easy baskets. So, um, with the Celtics' wings on the roster, I do feel like to an extent, they can cover up Kanter's um, um, defensive deficiencies to an extent. So, uh, this game got me off my heels. So, it was very upsetting. I just hope the Heat win Game 6, but I will be pretty unbiased here. The Boston Celtics had a great game. They actually gutted this one out. They got it done. So, props to them. So, the issues in in Games 2 and 4 for the Celtics were turnovers. Like, they turned the ball over so frequently. Like, they weren't... They Though they shot a higher percentage on the field goal attempts than the Heat. They turned the ball over a lot. So, I do think that was a glaring deficiency. So, quarter two. Like, it feels like the Celtics were gonna come back and like come close or the Heat held them off. It was like an on and off Third quarter comes, the Heat led 58-51 at halftime. That third quarter, man, it was depressing. I'll just be frank with you. Like, this is a potentially series-clinching game. You gotta come out. I do give props to the Celtics. I really, I really do. I really want to. And I try my best to. I just feel like this game slipped away. And I do somewhat agree to an extent that the 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 games that the Celtics the Heat won you could say they got slipped away from the Celtics. Well uh, I do thought I do I was thinking that the Heat would probably win this one with how comfortable they were. I really did. So um I got upset the after that third quarter they have and the one thing that the Celtics did. I'll give give you one phrase made up of two words. Dribble penetration. That's what I thought they did very well. Dribble penetration into the teeth of the defense. They didn't settle for jumpers. They drove it to the rack. Took it to the goal. And they just kept converting. They also drew fouls. Some of which were debatable on both sides. I'm not going to only really harp on the Celtics because some of their calls are questionable. But I'll also be frank, some of the Heat calls were questionable. And there are sometimes that I felt in this game that some calls which have called in favor of the Heat or called in favor of the Celtics were not true. And, and I've seen some fans um, laying hate on Dragic in the Celtics Twitter post, post after the game. They said drag it leans too much to draw contact. Sometimes, yeah, you are right. I'll try to be unbiased. I sound lean too much into contact, and and refs swallow their whistle. So I don't think that should be. Try not to rely on free throws. Supposedly, when the other teams like try, they they don't they stop fouling and they play disciplined defense. That's concerning if you. If you rely on going to line. Though it is a staple of offensive players' game, you feel like a reliance or a pension for it, it stops in the playoffs because the refs tend to swallow that whistle. And uh, I saw the string of possessions in the end of the third. Dragic kept driving and or sometimes um, converting on jumpers. Tatum drew fouls. He got to the free-throw line. And I have seen an increase in Tatum's free-throw attempts. And, and as much as some people hate James Harden, sometimes I've harped on him. Like getting to the line, though some people say he gets the line too much. A lot of people still get in line. Like, if you have these big scoring games, the people get in line like fifteen, sixteen times, or like almost twenty times. And that, see, that thing, I don't understand. Like, many scorers get into the rim and draw fouls. They get to the free throw line a lot. But this third quarter in my mind, like, the Celtics got into the teeth of the defense too much. The, the Heat let the Celtics get too comfortable. Like, the Celtics won this one more than the Heat did lose it because the Heat kept coming back. The Celtics could have just, they just kept driving it. Like, like this what happened in Game 3, an aggression. Jalen Brown and Ethan Scanner, I felt like those are the two that kept the Celtics in the game. He drew fouls and one more thing which is underrated in this aspect. Butler, Bam and Drogic and Hero, I do feel like that they were in foul trouble a lot because like that, like foul trouble like in a sense keeps you from being too aggressive because you could get whistle for a foul and be like, you're 6, you're done. You're, he's DNQ dp whatever. So now that their aggression in my mind, it has made them feel like they, they didn't settle a lot. They didn't drive it a lot like they did. They settled for a lot of jumpers and the, and the Heat's jumper didn't fall at all. In fact, let me check this. The Heat had uh, an abysmal, abysmal, abysmal game. Miami turned the ball over uh, just 8 times in Game 4. That doesn't matter. So, the Heat shot 19.4% on threes. 19.4 ain't gonna cut it anytime soon. It's Like, it's not gonna cut it a lot. Like, you shooting 7 for 32, uh, if I'm right, it is 7 for 32, right? Let me divide uh, 700 divided by 32 okay let's see what the answer we get oh must be so if I'm right I did they did shoot uh, six for. I don't remember my I just get too frustrated on these so the heat shot abysmal they kept forcing threes they kept taking too many threes like they missed a lot of them like this Sometimes, you live by the three, you die by the three. I've i been a little frustrated by this Heat team this whole season. Sometimes, even if they don't miss it, they just keep taking threes. They just keep taking them like, like they know like they are missing them, but they still keep taking them. So, uh, that uh, that got me frustrated a lot. So, um, no, 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 guys. So it's not 7 for 32. It's 7 for 36. Like... It's abysmal. It's unacceptable. It's a joke. Ah, yeah. Duncan Robinson made three of those. Dragic made one of those. Hero made two. Olenek made one. Duncan Robinson, uh, I don't remember when all... I remember Kelly Olenek's jumper coming early in the second to put the heat up 29-20. Like, I, I remember that Dragic won. The only three pointer he made was when the heat put the heat down by 163.64. So, the heat from go to leading by a lot to a feeling that I believe they could went to a point where they were out of the game. Like, that turnaround's too much. Boston took advantage. Give credit to them. It's, they could have just, like, say, Oh, guys, we're trailing. We could just give up. They came alive in the second half. They got it going and they won it. They just flat out won it. So not a lot of reasons for me to be optimistic. I just stayed away from YouTube trying not to see any videos because every time your team loses, like I just don't want to see like a video. And uh, some people did say Celtics would win game five and I watched ESPN today. Max Kellerman said the Celtics would win game five. He did say that Kemba would have a he's due for a big scoring night. I don't think the scoring sheet or uh, the stat sheet won't show it as I have it right in front of me. But I do think his um, his presence on the floor made the heat uncomfortable. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown did bulk of the scoring damage. But but they really played well, man. Props to the Celtics. Enos Kanter at 8 points in 10 minutes. That's really good. Because he got 4 for 7. That's a really good game. So, uh, in terms of what the Heat should do next game, they should drive it and they should avoid fouling stay vertical like avoid trying to go jump into shooters if they take the shots let them make contest it just don't like go around try to stay vertical enough that's what i do think they're they're leaning too much like this is what i saw Dragic do. he leaned too much i said thighs stay vertical like even though that could like help us claw back i was like wondering why is this now foul because that seemed like so vertical to me. Because uh, he did... Uh, Thais did have a really good game. And I saw... Uh, Jeff Van Gundy, if I'm right, speak a lot about this, if I'm right. I do think it was Jeff Van Gundy. He said that Thais' aggression in the second half mostly came from... Candle have- playing in a way that like he could... That almost like threatened Thais's minutes. So he came out better in the second half. He got into the middle of the zone. He faced the rim. And sometimes he... And I do think that should be a stat called one of the most efficient screens. Like, efficient screens. Something like that. Because what this dude does... He sets efficient screens. He, And I do... I don't think that people say, Oh, keep ties on the floor. Like, I get what you're saying. I really do. Like, you could say... Oh, Celtic fans sometimes put a lot of pressure into him. Like say, oh, he's not guarding Bam well enough. He's feasting on the Celtics. His ability to face the rim and then hit that uh, hit the mid mid range or just pass it out on the three. Because Jeff and Gandhi summed this up perfectly. Like in order to get it, you have to face the rim. You have to face the rim and then pass it out so that the defense is focused on you. This way you put, in your counter defense, you are in a triple threat position. Uh, a triple threat position is a position where you can drive, shoot or pass the ball. So, I do think that Jeff and Gunny summed it up perfectly. But since our shooters are the best players and Thais has the ability of hitting, a, hit making the pass, screening, driving. They put him in the middle of the zone. Facing the rim, putting him in a triple threat position and then just gave it out and then the rest of the Celtics uh, Scores figured it out So I do think I don't I do want to say that the heat will win, but I Do want to say I Might be biased. Here, I just do think the heat will come out to an aggression and win, but I'm just don't take my, my Prediction here guys. I just want to be hopeful so um, so, it's clearly, I'm, like, in disbelief after that game. Like, like I'm, like, in awe. Like, you couldn't close this game out. The the guys in the Heat don't have the, the maximum... The, the, the deepest they've went through in a series is a Game 5. They haven't been through in a Game 6. They haven't been through in a Game 7. Jimmy Butler has two Game 7s in his whole career, if I'm right. Um... And uh, Goran Dragic has two games and in his whole career. Jim Brown has four, guys. Jim Brown has four. Jason Tatum has three. Kemba Walker, if I'm right, already has two. Uh, yeah. So, it's clearly depressing, but I will give props to the Celtics. I just am um, lost for words, because I thought the Heat could really win that game. I'm just lost for words. So, so I do think the Heat, I do want to believe that the Heat would win but I do think the uh, Heat team will want to come out and play very well but I just don't know because if you let the Celtics into game 7 with all that momentum, they obviously they would be favored. So, I do think the best thing for the Heat to do is finish it off in game 6 because they don't have experience in a game 7. So, um, I don't know who to say because I won't be delving into my predictions earlier. I'm already pretty upset after that game, I am lost for words. So, um, so that's just it, guys. So, you can follow me on YouTube under the NBA Fan Crazy channel. I am the fan, buzz the NBA anal- analysis machine? I haven't been posting on this because I'm paying too much attention to the board. I'll be, po- I'll. Be- after maybe if the heat reached the NBA Finals, I might be posting a reaction video in my channel because like maybe a live or maybe a post game, may I don't know, I just don't. It's just depressing. to think that this thing could have had. This, this was the best chance they had. You could have anticipated Celtics coming out, but this was the best chance they had to win. Like, put themselves... Because this is a 3-2 series now. What happens if it goes 3-3? You don't want to take the chance. So, um, so this Game 6 will be pretty amped. Because now the Celtics, they are in a favorable position. Not favorable because they are still down. But they have the momentum going into Game 6. They have confidence. The Heat, they have the lead and they will want to play pretty well because they knew they could have sealed it right there, but they will come out. So, look forward to game six, guys. Game five is coming up tomorrow. I'll be talking about the segment today in the podcast. So, that's just it, guys. You can follow me on YouTube under the uh, NBA Fan Crazy channel and the Fan Buzz, the NBA Analysis Machine channel. So, so this is it, guys. So, this is a segment about my my recap of game five. So,. So, until this hits 22 minutes, I'm just going to be talking a little bit more. So, you see the baby lines there. So, that's just it, guys. See y'all.